Welcome to Chilling with Teddy G, an authentic black channel empowering the black community and capturing the modern day black reality through investigative journalism. I'm your host, Teddy G. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of CWTG. As you know, I'm Teddy G, your host, and on this channel, ladies and gentlemen, you know we discuss anything and everything with absolutely no sugar, no frosting, and definitely no mayonnaise. So, with all that being said, y'all go and grab y'all a cup of coffee, tea, or latte, or whatever it is you like to drink, and then join me for the next few minutes as we discuss this um. Uh, Next uh, story, ladies and gentlemen, about uh, Marcus Smith, who was uh, 38, and he died in September of 2018 after being uh, extremely restrained on the downtown street by the uh, police now, who bound his hands and his feet uh, behind his back in an effort to uh, immobilize him. So, technically, I guess you can just say that he was uh, hogtied, you know, like some animal, but... Uh, with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let me do my house cleaning because you know we keep the dirty laundry clean around here with the uh, Copyright Disclaimer Act of 1976 under Title 17, Section 107. Allowances is made for the uh, fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research. Now, fair use is permitted by the copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit education or personal use tips the balance in the favor of fair use. All right, my kings and queens, let's talk about it. Now, this situation with uh, with uh, Marcus Smith, ladies and gentlemen, has been um, something that has been talked about for decades about using these type of restraints and just hog tying human beings like the animals in some farm that's getting ready to be branded or or executed and whatnot this uh this has to stop ladies and gentlemen and this story goes back to uh 2018 and before i even go on have y'all noticed lately that we've been getting a lot of of stories of unarmed um black people being killed by uh or lynched by police recently i mean we've been getting of late, we've been getting stories from, from 2019, 2018, 2017 of these unsolved, um, um, and I say unsolved because, ladies and gentlemen, they were ultimately killed by uh, police and it was uh, uh, left at that or facts were hidden or, or, or a video um, body cam footage was denied and you know, all type of nefarious acts is going beyond these uh, um, these cases, and uh, and they're uh, just simply uh, brushing these uh, uh, under the rug. And and again, the reason why I say unsolved, ladies and gentlemen, is because these officers who committed these uh, uh, state-sanctioned murders were not brought up on charges and things of uh, that nature. Now, just like. What we're going to talk about right here, ladies and gentlemen, is just another example of the uh, 
of the uh, heinous crimes against the uh, uh, Native Black Americans here in the in the divided snakes of America. And these stories are are are, are starting to be ongoing. But I'm gonna make a point about this whole thing in a, in another episode when we talk about the reason why we're seeing so many um, killings of uh, black people. And you know what? This this bad news period when it comes to uh, Native Black Americans, you 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 hardly ever find one of these lamestream media outlets who actually is talking about something good and wonderful. You know, uh, yeah, you get some, but they're far few and in between. You know, which is, which is, we're going to do something about that on, on Chilling with Teddy G. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, getting back to this story um, of this young brother who was uh, uh, senselessly killed and hogtied and died in the, uh, uh, in the hands of uh, police. Um, it goes on to say, this is from uh, Democracy Now. Despite the decades of warning against the uh, practice, uh, police departments across the country continue to hogtie people uh, doing arrests, sometimes with fatal results, like in this case with uh, uh, Marcus Smith. On uh, September 8th, uh, 2018, uh, 28-year-old uh, Marcus Smith, uh, a homeless black man in the uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, was facing a mental health crisis and asked the uh, police officers for help. Instead, eight white officers brutally and fatally hogtied him. Now, this is a mentally ill person, ladies and gentlemen, in which those are a lot of the ones that they attack. attack. They love attacking them. You know, because they can get away with the fact that they can, uh, uh, they got qualified immunity on their side. Plus, they can say, uh, I'm not a health counselor. I'm not a social worker. Uh, I'm here to enforce the law. No, you're here to protect and serve. All right, let's get that straight. But when y'all see the opportunity to um, commit a heinous uh, act as a, as a modern-day lynching, y'all jump on it. You jump on it like white on rice. And, and, and I'm saying that. And I'm saying that's, that's what's happened in this case and in any other, and many other cases like it. Now, um, police video shows the officers... Uh, pushed Smith down, face down, on the street and tied, and tied a belt around his ankles, then attached it to his uh, handcuffs so tightly that his knees were uh, lifted off the pavement. Smith's uh, uh, family filed a lawsuit in 2019 alleging the uh, wrongful death, accusing the uh, police department of a cover-up. And yes, sure it was. Have y'all heard about this story? You know? No, you haven't, because lamestream media and the uh, and the police department they hid the story, and they hid the facts uh, surrounding the story. Now the Greensboro Barrow Police Department, um, spearheaded by the uh, chief of the police at the time, watched the video and then chose to put out a press release that listen ignored and left out the uh, critical factors that uh, he was hogtied. Now, that's what uh, Flint Taylor said. Now, one of the lawyers for the uh, Smith family um, had a, a, a founding partner of the uh, People's Law Office in Chicago. We also speak with a, spoke with a Marshall uh, Project reporter, uh, Joseph Neff, who said there is a uh, little data about the, the instance of, of police hog time. It's hard to know um, how extensive it is because there's no reporting requirement. 
So that means they're using this tactic, another one of their uh, um, white supremacist tactics at will with no reporting about it, no consequences behind it. And let me tell you something else, too, people. Now, this, as you know, is before George Floyd. And 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 uh, and doesn't this uh, uh, sound familiar? Because y'all remember in the uh, George Floyd case, when the officers initially made the report and made the call in, they made out like they were just trying to arrest George Floyd. He became combative and then um, had a medical condition. And so the uh, paramedics was called. That was the simple explanation that they gave about uh, George Floyd before the videotapes came out. Okay, uh, we went to arrest him for supposed uh, counterfeit bill, which reminds you now that only warranted a, a citation, a ticket, you know, at most. None of this other stuff never even had to transpire, but I digress. But anyway, I wanted to show you the two similarities in this case because that's the same thing that they're saying about Marcus Smith here. Now, we're going to go to Amy Goodman, you know, who I uh, use uh, quite a bit, and um, Juan Gonzalez, who's of uh, uh, Democracy Now! and uh, the Quarantine Report by those two, which I use up, uh, all the time. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, they're... And they're uh, I believe this is their 25th anniversary, and I use them guys, ladies and gentlemen, because they're not corporate um, sponsored or, or supported. They're not supported by any type of, of government uh, agency or entity, and uh, they tell a lot of the uh, truth, not the way lamestream media use them. So uh, not to blow their horn, which I guess I just did, but yeah, this is their reason why I do use a lot of their resources and their articles when it comes to uh, stories like this one with uh, Marcus Smith. So we're going to go directly uh, to Amy Goodman, and we're going to uh, get the quarantine report on this uh, story, and then I'll come back to you guys. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, the quarantine report. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. A warning to our listeners and viewers, this next story contains graphic police violence. We look now at the shocking cover-up of the police killing of Marcus Smith in North Carolina. It was September 8, 2018, when Smith, a 38-year-old homeless black man facing a mental health crisis, asked Greensboro police officers for help. He approached them and asked them to help him. Instead, they brutally and fatally hogtied him. Police body camera and dashboard camera video footage shows officers pushing Smith face down into the street and tying a belt around his ankles, then attaching it to his cuffed hands so tightly his knees were lifted off the pavement. This is part of the video footage. Now, I know you guys can't see this uh, footage, but you'll be able to clearly hear him asking for help. You'll be able to clearly hear him in uh, uh, distress and uh, and, and having uh, some type of uh, anxiety or, 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 or mental uh, breakdown. But yet, uh, clear enough to tell you guys, look, there's something wrong with me. I need help. 
please help me. And this is what they do. What's your name, partner? What's your name? Man, there they go. I'm Marcus. I know. My name is Marcus. Okay. Please, sir. All right, just Please. Just no, go, sir. Ahead and sit. go ahead and man, grab a seat. Help me, man. Just grab a seat. Call the ambulance. Just grab a seat. Call the ambulance, bro. Just, just take, take it easy. We're not trying to hurt you. Take it easy. We're not trying to hurt you. Let me explain something to you guys since you can't see this. Now, they, you hear them talking like, we're not trying to hurt you. We're here to help you. But they're clearly doing exactly the opposite of what they're uh, voicing that they're uh, trying to do. Okay? They've got these, they got these, um, um, got them in this prime position. They're, they're, uh, uh, they're a hog tying his, uh, um, his ankles uh, uh, with the handcuffs, but yet when you hear them talking, you hear them talking about they're, they're trying to help you. I haven't heard one of them say call for an ambulance. I haven't heard one of them say that um, take it easy, you know, where they actually trying to help them. You don't hear them saying uh, doing these things. You only hear them mouthing off like they're uh, actually trying to assist him when they're doing the exact opposite. Come on, buddy. Come on, man. There we go. He's secure. Come on, bud. I don't think so. Yeah. He's bleeding somewhere. Let's just go ahead and do this. And if you guys can help me carry him to the truck. Yeah. Marcus Smith's family is charging cover-up and filed a lawsuit in 2019 alleging wrongful death. For more, we're joined by two guests. In Durham, North Carolina, Joseph Neff is with us. He's an investigative reporter for The Marshall Project who examines the deaths of Marcus Smith and others across the country in a new report headlined, He Died Like an Animal. Some police departments hogtie people despite knowing the risks. And in Chicago, Flint Taylor is with us, one of the lawyers for the Marcus Smith family, founding partner of the People's Law Office in Chicago. We welcome you both to Democracy Now! Flint Taylor, start off by continuing to describe that night where Marcus approached eight white police officers and asked them for help. Within minutes, he would be dead. Thank you, Amy. It's, it's great to be on with you and Juan and also to follow Professor Hinton. Uh, I, I can't see the video as you showed it, but just listening to it, uh, as I have watched it several times, of course, uh, is it, it makes my it makes me completely upset. I'm sure that it, it's tremendously uh, traumatizing to not only people who are watching, but to the family. 
Um, what happened in that case was that these eight white police officers decided that they were going to hogtie Marcus Smith. And this wasn't something that was unusual in the Greensboro Police Department. We have in our lawsuit documented that in the past five years before the hogtying of Marcus Smith that uh, caused his death, uh, 275 people were hogtied by the Greensboro Police Department, and that 68 or 69 percent of those people were African-American, and over 15 percent of them were suffering a mental crisis such as what Marcus was suffering. But what happened in the case after uh, Marcus uh, uh, died in the hospital or actually uh, lost his breath and stopped breathing and his heart stopped uh, on the street there. Um, the Greensboro Police Department, spearheaded by the chief of police at that time, watched the video and then chose to put out a press release that, like the first press release up in uh, Minneapolis, uh, ignored and left out the crucial factor that he was hogtied, what they called in the parlance of the police department, maximum restraint. So they put out a press release that made it sound like Marcus had collapsed. He was suicidal. Uh, and he was agitated, and he just collapsed in police custody. And that was the start of a cover-up that has continued in various forms, has been perpetrated and continues to be perpetrated, not only by the police department, but by all of the politicians, many of the politicians, the mayor, uh, the city council, uh, the city attorney, uh, and others uh, in uh, Greensboro. And the late and of course, as you mentioned, we've had a civil suit uh, that we've been dealing with for the past two years. We have taken uh, statements and depositions of all the main actors in the case, all the police, the, the, the chief of police, uh, the mayor, uh, the, the city manager. And what's happening now is that the city wants to put all of that testimony and all of our arguments about why it should not be secret uh, under seal, and they want to hold us in contempt uh, for what they say is uh, disseminating information, information that's not confidential, uh, information that should be in the public domain. They want to hold us in contempt, and unbelievably, they want to bar us from practicing law in the state of uh, North Carolina. Because that's what they got to do if they want to keep this story covered up. And y'all just heard that. Now, this is public information that they're trying to hide. So you tell me, along with them being murderers, who um, who are the criminals here? A bunch of these co-conspirators that work for the city of Greensboro, in my opinion. And so that's where we stand now uh, in this remarkable case, a case that should be uh, looked at along with the George Floyd case and so many other cases where unnecessary and brutal restraint is used. And it's starting to come to light thanks to people like Joe Neff at the Marshall Project uh, and you, Amy, uh, so that people can see and understand the breadth of racist police violence uh, in this country. And Joseph Neff, I'd like to ask you, uh, your, uh, your investigation uncovered at least 23 deaths that have occurred in the past decade from people being hogtied by police departments across the country. Could you talk about how extensive this practice is? 
Well, it's hard to know how extensive it is because there's no reporting requirements. For example, in Greensboro, where Marcus Smith died, uh, police do not view the hog tie as a use of force. So they don't even count it uh, within their own department. We uh, made public records requests from the, the uh, country's 30 biggest uh, police departments on use of force, every type of use of force, and we got records back from about 11 of them. So it's really hard uh, for the public to know. We had, we, uh, to, to uh, find these 23 people who died while being hogtied, we looked in court records, we looked for news stories. Um, that was the, we just had to scrape the web like that to find these cases. And could you talk about how many departments permit this or, or, or which ones don't? Well, out of the top 30 departments that we surveyed, the 30 largest, 22 of them explicitly forbid this practice. Another uh, four, Charlotte, um, Houston, Indianapolis, uh, and one other, uh, allow it under different circumstances. Um, so it's, it's hard to, I would say that the, the practice is more common in, um, in smaller police departments. The big ones, New York has banned this practice uh, for decades. I wanted to turn to another case. In 2017, Vanessa Peoples was doing laundry in the basement of her Aurora, Colorado home when police officers showed up for a child welfare check. Peoples told NBC, who you did this project with, Joe, what happened next. The next thing I knew, they threw me down on the ground and they had my arm behind my back. And I kept telling him, I said, there's something wrong. My arm doesn't feel right, it hurts. And he had his knee in my back. And it was like, at that moment, I felt like I was gonna lose my life. I mean, this is Vanessa Peoples describing this, Joe. Um, and this is Aurora. That's where Elijah McLean uh, would be killed a few years later. And then another woman uh, describing the same thing happening to her. Um, she was hogtied in front of her neighbors. And can you also talk about the hobble? The hobble is the actual uh, strap that police use to wrap around someone's ankles and then they attach it either to the handcuffs or to, uh, in the case of Vanessa Peoples, to a belt around her waist. Uh, if you showed this picture to any person in a Walmart parking lot, the, they would look at it and say, oh, that's a hog tie because the, the feet are pulled up uh, behind the person's back and the person's handcuffed uh, behind their back. So there, the, there's a slight difference in that the hobble is used without attaching to the handcuffs sometimes, but it's still, if you look at it, it's virtually the same, uh, same position. And Vanessa Peoples, the, she shouted out seven times during, while she was restrained, while they were restraining her, that she couldn't breathe. And then you're right, they took her out and eventually she was laying in her front yard uh, for all her neighbors to see like that. And let me say this, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care if they 
call it hobbling. The technique is the same. The only difference is the strap that they have could be used to uh, to hobble someone from the uh, from a, a seated position, which they don't use, mind you. But that is the difference between the strap that they use for hobbling and uh, hog tying. It's a hog tie strap, and that's what they use it for. And anytime you see them use it, ladies and gentlemen, you always see the individual laid face down uh, on their chest, you know, so they have their own body weight on them, which can, which within itself can uh, restrict the breathing. And then your uh, your hog tie, where you bring further um, uh, stress on the body. And mind you, most of the time when they're doing this, like she told you, they got a knee on you. They got some of their own body weight on you as well. This is where you can't breathe comes in at, okay? And then when you are made to a lie in that prone position, after you're you already under stress and duress, um, only um, intensifies the uh, physical ailment of not being able to breathe. I'll pause for a few minutes so that could, a second so that can stick into your head so you can hear that. And these is your supposed, let's use the word like they use, alleged protect and serve individuals. Because allegedly, that's all they do. And Flint Taylor, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned the uh, efforts of the uh, officials to get you to run you out of uh, North Carolina. Uh, uh, but in terms of the uh, what kind of attacks have the uh, has the Smith family had to deal with uh, uh, since uh, they sought to uh, to find justice uh, for uh, for Marcus? Well, uh, Juan, I, I first want to uh, commend uh, the, the wonderful strength that Mary Smith, the mother of Marcus Smith, and uh, the father and the sister, uh, Kim and George, have shown from the moment that they saw the video that revealed that their son had been hogtied. Uh, it wasn't until a month later that the video was shown to the Smith family. Um, Mary couldn't watch it. Uh, but George watched it, and that's the first time that anyone knew outside of the police department and the powers that be that there was a hog tie. They had completely covered up not only the fact that he was hog tied, but the video itself. They hadn't released it. Uh, they hadn't moved to release it to the public. From that moment that the, that the family learned what actually happened to Marcus, to this present day, Mary Smith particularly, and the family um, generally, has stood behind justice for Marcus Smith. And I want to say that there's a remarkable movement on the ground in Greensboro uh, that is a, a, a multiracial, a multi-generational movement that appears at every city council meeting and asks questions about what in fact is being done about this case. They stand in front of city hall for uh, every Monday, uh, Mondays for Marcus with banners uh, calling for justice in the Marcus Smith case. And one of the things that the, uh, what, what's being uh, demanded by the uh, movement on the ground there is that there be an, a full apology from the mayor and the city council for uh, the, the death of Marcus Smith. There be a memorial 
uh, for Marcus Smith in the city of Greensboro, and there'd be just compensation for the family. Uh, the city council uh, and, and the mayor uh, have been doing a lot of different uh, diversionary tactics, a lot of misinformation publicly, uh, including uh, uh, slandering the, the family, and particularly Mary Smith, who is the uh, plaintiff in our lawsuit. Uh, we've been trying to fight back publicly, uh, and that's when they came down on us and said, we can talk, but you can't. Uh, and I think that it raises, uh, not only does the hog tying uh, and, and, and the idea of the different kinds of prone restraints that are used across this country, that being so dangerous because of uh, positional asphyxia and sudden death syndrome and all those kinds of activities. But also, now we're looking at an attack on lawyers, an attack on the community, which they are singling out as well as the community activists who have spoken up, uh, a First Amendment attack. You mentioned Kim Smith, uh, Marcus's assistant. Uh, this is Kim speaking to NBC about the treatment of her brother. Imagine your closest sibling looking at them die. I had no idea what a hog tie was. I had no clue. That's how you treat an animal. So looking at this nationally, the uh, scores of people who have died with this use of the hobble, um, no centralized database about how it is used, Joan F. The responses of the police departments to your repeated requests to explain what their policies are. Uh, some departments were, were very helpful. Uh, and, and actually in Aurora, they released uh, the data. They actually released on the types of restraints that they were using. So that is how we were able, is one of the few cities where we could actually count the times the hobble was used. And to their credit- We have 15 in, seconds. Okay, their credit, the police chief has denounced the practice and fired the officer who uh, hobbled Shatea Kelly and left her in the uh, well of a car uh, for a drive down to the police station. Well, I ain't impressed. Okay, because he's saying that he's denouncing the practice of it, but y'all using it, right? He admitted that. And have and if you're denouncing the practice, have you gotten rid of the restraints so that they can't use them? Or are they still a part of the police arsenal with all these other uh, weapons of uh, modern-day lynching uh, techniques that they use? So y'all can miss me with the mayor explaining it. Teddy G is not impressed. But I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Chilling with Teddy G. We're going to stay on top of this story, ladies and gentlemen, just the same way we stay on top of uh, all of them. So as I always ask you guys at the end of every show, y'all, please continue to do your social distancing. Okay, it is very so important that we try to reduce the spread of this uh, virus. Now, you guys all know that Teddy G loves you. I love y'all with all my heart, and loving you guys is my food. And Teddy G is hungry each and every single day of his life. And until God grants me the opportunity to address you guys again, I bid each and every one of you peace, love, and soul.